of what God is, He wants to pour out into you. All of what He is, all of who He is, He wants to pour out in you. That's true riches. Hello everyone, welcome to Kingdom Rock Radio. You are moments away from receiving God's rich word. But first, remember that you can subscribe to our Roku channel as well as our podcast. And don't forget, for more information, you can always contact us at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's word. Thank you in Jesus' name ah, for this word, for this time you've given us to gather on your word. Lord, we pray that you would speak to us. We need you more than anything. Lord, we ask for your grace today to minister your word and your grace today to hear your word. Teach us all. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would just take complete control and uh, you would have your way in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, today we're going to go ahead and go still in the series entitled Good, still in the Good series, and this is part number five. Can you believe that? Part number five of the Good series, and today we'll be speaking from the subject of true riches, true riches riches patricia true riches hallelujah i remember the the word good means is an acrostic which means get out of debt get out of debt all right so there are five things that we're going to be talking about or really expecting the lord to do during this uh series and i'm just going to rehearse them again as we do on every part. Number one, we expect that we will all pay off debt or eliminate debt. Two, we will discover and eliminate wasteful spending. Three, uh, we're going to give generously, break and break cycles of poverty. Four, we're going to generate wealth uh, through opportunities, receiving money, etc. That means some of you will definitely get new jobs, and we have definitely seen that. We've seen you pay off debt. We testimony about that this morning and uh, eliminating wasteful spending. We've seen that. We're seeing all these things. And five, uh, we're going to store up wealth for future opportunities and, and for the next generation. So all of these things you should expect to see during this series and also after this series is over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So last week we spoke from the subject of the year of Jubilee, the year of Jubilee. And and uh, we had a great time. Oh, I forgot. Uh, Online community. We love you guys. And we thank you so much for joining us today. Kingdom Rock. Let's greet our online community. Yeah. Wherever you are from around the world, we want you to know that we love you so much and we thank you for your faithful listening and, and viewing and sharing of the broadcast. Thank you for telling a neighbor, telling a friend about the, about the Word of God and about what God is doing uh, here at Kingdom Rock and in your life as well. Thank you so very much. All right, so let's get into this. Uh, but before we do, let me give you some wisdom keys. Here's some wisdom keys that the Lord gave me, and this, they were so wonderful. Uh, Sister where I just had to write them down, and I want to share them with you. Uh, so first of all, poverty is not the result of a lack of money. That's what I heard as I was about to brush my teeth, I believe. Poverty is not the result of a lack of money. Uh, in other words, if someone were to say, I am poor because I don't have any money, that would not necessarily be correct. 
There are about, of course, there are multiple reasons why uh, some are in poverty, but let me give you six of them. How about that? Uh, the first one is uh, a lack of vision, a lack of vision. That is, no, they don't have, they're poor or they're in poverty because they don't have a clear-cut goal for money. They don't have a clear-cut goal. Number two, uh, they are in poverty because uh, of lack of purpose, lack of purpose. They don't have any direction for money. Number three, they're in poverty because they don't have, uh, rather because they have a lack of knowledge. They don't have any education concerning money. And five, lack of opportunity. They never got their big break. Things never really went well for them in a certain period of time, and they never, they never, never got it together. They didn't have the opportunity. And number six, poverty can also be caused or can be the result of a spirit of poverty. Spirit of poverty over um, a family or generation or over a region. You see where um, that person is in poverty, their parents were in poverty, their parents before them were in poverty, their grandparents, you know, so forth and so on, were in poverty. It, there could be something that's happening in the generation that needs to be broken. Are you hearing? Something that, that's happening in the generation. So these are six reasons why uh, poverty hangs around over people's lives. All right, so you just giving them money is not, is not going to solve the problem. Let me tell you this. Giving money to an impoverished person may only satisfy the momentary situation. I need, I need money for lights, okay? So you give them money for lights. But eventually it just goes, goes right back. No matter how much you give or do, after a time they will always end up in the exact same spot. Because the root cause has not been healed. The root cause has not been healed. Again, uh, let me show you this. Uh, no matter how much you put into a leaky cup, eventually it's going to be empty again. Let me show you an example, and I have some wonderful materials here. Uh, here's a bottle of water and a bottle, uh, another container here that is, is actually water with green food coloring in it. So if you want to drink it, I guess you could. All right, this is how normally, and we're going to see this today, Normally you would expect a cup when you pour water in, you expect to, that to still remain there, right? This is a faithful cup. This is a trustworthy cup, a reliable cup. I can pour water into it and it remains. That's how you really expect people to be. That's how the Lord really expects us to be. I give it to you and you're reliable. You are faithful to hold what I have given unto you to use it well. You're faithful. And then eventually this person can, uh, you know, they can keep receiving and it's still there. But if you have someone, same type of cup, same manufacturer, I'm sure. If you have someone and they were to give you money and let's say, I need, I need to rent money and uh, you give money, and then what's happening? There's a hole in the bottom of this cup. I think somebody took a drill and drilled a hole in it. Hmm. I wonder why they did that. Oh, maybe for this example. But you see here, no matter how much money I put in this cup, no matter how much I give to them, oh, this, money, this month you need some, okay? A couple months later, 
what happened to the money I gave you? Uh, you know, it's, I just don't have it anymore. Okay, well, here's some more. And uh, what, okay, you need more? What happened to the money I gave you? You know, it's, I don't know, I had to do this, I had to do that, I had to do this, I had to do that. Okay, here's some more money. And no matter how much you give them, they will never do what you expect. This is what you expect. You expect them to hold it. This person can reach overflow. And they can pour in and pour in and pour in and pour in and pour in. And their life is just overflowing. Life is just overflowing. Life is overflowing. Life is overflowing. This person will always overflow. All right. This is what you would call in this container, you would call just money, just money and things that money can buy. But then you have what the Bible calls and we'll look at this today. True riches, true riches. And this is what God wants to give all his people. And so we're pouring this in and this person is holding it. And, you know, they've been with the Lord for a while, but they're really not seeing an outpouring of the spirit in their lives. But this person, let's say, hey, wow, looks like, hey, they just got into church, but they pour into them. Oh, and they already see a manifestation. Somebody knows I'm switching gears now. They see, they see a manifestation. Wow, great, great. They say, oh, Lord, use me again, use me again. So Lord pours in. Oh, wow, they see a manifestation. They see a manifestation. It sounds like we're in the bathroom, doesn't it? <laughs> Online community, some of you that are in podcast lane, you may not be able to hear, but there's, there's, a, there's an outpouring going on there. This person here still is holding the anointing. It's not quite full yet. But as they are faithful in what God has given them, eventually they'll see the overflow. Overflow runs out of their lives. Here's the thing, and you see how it's, it's now trickling down to the rest of the people around them, right? Here's the thing. They both have imparted to those around them, but one is now empty. After the, after the pouring, this one is empty because it has a hole in it. But after the pouring, this one is still full. Living life full. Are you understanding? One is faithful and one is not so much. Can God use them both? Absolutely. Absolutely. But here's the thing. Yeah, this is really just, I need to. All right. They're all poured out now. Woo, they're going to glory. Look at them. <laughs> but here's the thing with this person here, with, this, with the life that is, that is leaky, that, that has a hole. Yes, you are definitely being used. But after you've been used, you feel used. Because now you're dry. Always looking to be filled again. And it's good to be filled, to be constantly filled. But God wants you to live the filled life all the time. And that happens during overflow. But here's the thing with this one, you saw with the one with the cup with the hole in it, it's like bang. As soon as God put in it, bang. Wow, they're being used great. But this one says, Well, Lord, you haven't. I feel your presence. I feel your anointing in my life. I, you know, I just. But nobody's getting anything but me. Keep letting them fill you up. Keep letting them fill you up. Keep letting them fill you up. Eventually, there will be an overflow. 
then when there's an overflow after the Lord is finished, at least for that day, you'll still be full. And this is the same thing financially as well. After you have poured out to others and poured out to others, you're still full. Living life full. Are you hearing me? True riches. All right. Now that we've made a good mess, I'm going to put this over here. All right. Let me get them. Help me out with this, gentlemen. Uh, let's, let's thank the Lord for that. If you, if you got that. All right. Very good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You can just take that away from me. Don't worry about cleaning it up. We'll do all that lady. Just take it away from me. Okay. Thank you so much, Richard. Thank you so much. You don't have to. All right. We're going to hold it for a second and wait for the cleaning crew to, to take care of it for us. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Brother Richard. All right. Praise God. All right. Here you go. Here you go. All right. I will take one. There you go. All right. All right. You good, Richard? I think think that's good for now. Here you go. Thank you. Thank you very much. Give Richard a hand, would you? Praise the Lord. He's going to make sure it's done right. You hear me? Praise the Lord. All right. All right, so here we go. So let's go back now. Again, just giving someone a few dollars is not going to fix the problem. You can give them $1,000. Give them $10,000. In fact, in fact, we know that many lottery winners, people that were broke, and uh, the next day they had millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, and then end up in bankruptcy, right? The problem has not been solved. We have to... Uh, fill the bottom of the cup, that is, close the the hole in the bottom of the cup. The life needs to be healed. So here's the thing. When they come come to you with money or for money, asking for money, asking for a loan, when they enter your life asking for a loan, you automatically have permission. You're giving me permission to look at the hole in your life. You're giving me permission you don't want to give me permission to deal with your life, deal with your finances, don't ask me for money. Because if I continue to give you over and over and over and over, all it's going to do is leak out. And eventually all it's going to do is make me mad at you because you keep asking me. But if we can plug the hole, then it will do you good and do me good too. Hallelujah. So let me tell you that, saints of God, as you are God's wealthy place, as the Lord continues to increase you with wealth, continues to increase you with favor, remember, when they ask you, they're automatically giving you permission to look into their finances. When you go into a bank, you're giving them permission to look into your finances. They're going to look all in your finances, right? Because you're coming to me for it, you're giving me permission to look in it. Even if you go to apply for a credit card, you're giving them permission to look into your finances, to pull your credit to all that stuff. Hallelujah. Why? Because it, I don't know whether you're a good investment or not. But because we're friends, we're brothers and sisters in the Lord, great, I'm going to say yes to you, uh, and I will give to you out of my surplus. We talked about it. I give to you out of my surplus. But at the same time, we're going to have to talk first. Before, before this transfer takes place, we're going to have to talk about this. Hallelujah. Or else eventually it's a waste of time because you'll be back in the exact same spot next month. Hallelujah. Let's look at some scripture. Um, Let's look at uh, 
Let's look at Luke, the 16th chapter, Luke 16th chapter. Now, to say that the Lord, to say that the Lord is monitoring the way you're spending money is an understatement. God is looking at your, uh, your financial behaviors. God is looking at your financial behavior. Why? You'll find this out in a minute. Why is God looking at my financial behavior? Why does he care about how I spend money? Why does he care? This is some of the things that I asked the Lord this week. And I, I asked him, Lord, why are we talking about this subject? Because there's so much other stuff that's happening in the world right now. Why are we talking about money? And you'll find out why in uh, Luke 16. So let me go ahead and let's go ahead and read that. Luke 16, verses 1 through 13 out of the um, NIV. And this is how it reads. Jesus said here, listen, it says, Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? Uh, My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig Uh, And I am ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their homes. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 450. Then he, then he asked the second, how much uh, do you owe? A thousand uh, uh, bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more, are, are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of light. Uh, look, at, look at the very next verse. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves. Use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves. So that when it is gone, when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Now, verse 10, and you can meditate on that all. That's, that's very good. But our true word is coming here from verse 10 through 12. And it says this, Whosoever, or rather whoever, can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Verse 13, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be uh, devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So again, look at verse number, look at verse number 10. It says, whoever can be trusted. The word trusted there means to be faithful. Whoever can be faithful, whoever is faithful. 
The word trusted there is also uh, trustworthy, but it also means can be relied on. Can, re- can be relied on. Think about the two cups that we had there. One cup, uh, the bottom was good. There's no problem with that bottom. It could be relied on to hold liquids. If you're wearing a white shirt and that had some uh, red Kool-Aid in it, don't worry. It's not going to leak all over your white clothes, your white dress. You're okay. It can be relied on. Right. But I wouldn't wear my Easter, my Easter white suit and put Kool-Aid, red Kool-Aid, red, red, stooning, red staining Kool-Aid. Uh, I wouldn't carry that Kool-Aid in the cup that I couldn't rely on. That was leaky. It's simply going to go all over me. Right. And ruin my out, ruin the outfit. The Lord said, if you can be trusted with a little. First of all, we pour just a little bit in the cup. If you can be trusted with a little, then he can pour in a whole lot more and then a whole lot more and then eventually get you to overflow and a whole lot more. But if you're not trustworthy or reliable with little, you drip, you, 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 you misspin, you, you, you're not giving toward the kingdom of God. You're, you're not doing right by it. God said, why would I give you more? If I can't rely on you to do right with a little, then why would I give you a whole bunch? Oh, my Lord, it's tight. So again, verse 10 says, whoever can be trusted or relied on with very little can also be trusted or relied on with much. And whoever is dishonest or cannot be relied on with very little uh, will also uh, be dishonest or you can't rely on them with much. I've heard people say, as soon as my ship comes in, I will do blank, blank, blank. But if you don't do that blank, blank, blank with $10, you're not going to do it with $10 million. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Verse 12 says, and if you have not been trustworthy... Trustworthy with someone else's property who will give you uh, property of your own. Now, notice now the whole thing in verse number 11 and back up. This says, so if you have not been uh, trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Why are we looking at why are we looking at true riches? Why are we talking about money? Because God is looking for someone that he can trust to handle the things that really, really matters. That really, really matters. And guess what? It's not money, nor the things that money can buy. You will all have, and I pray you all have, so houses that you love to be in and cars you love to drive. I pray you, I pray you, you really experience wealth, wealth, wealth. Praise God. Great, great, great. But all that's really vanity. You get the new car, you get the new house, but after a while it'd be like a, be like toys left on the floor after Christmas. Child, play with a little bit. You remember playing with them for a little bit. Then after all, it's just in the closet somewhere. That big expensive thing that you just had to have. I had to have that, that Kung Fu grip G.I. Joe action figure. 
We asked for it all summer long. Christmas time, Mama, can I have? Mama, Daddy, can I have the Kung Fu? A G.I. Joe, how can I have it? Can I have it? It was pretty expensive, but you worried them enough and you finally got it. After a while, where is it? Um, somewhere. But you know, that's old. Now I want this. Somebody's got a cup with a hole in the bottom of it. Can never be satisfied. Can never be satisfied. In the coming next coming weeks, Pastor Miko's going to be up. Thank God. I, let's pray for her now. Praise God. She'll be talking about how you can get rid of your stuff. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Again, God is looking at how you deal with wealth. Let's go to Mark, the 12th chapter. Mark 12, verse 41 through 44. We won't look, we'll look at some of it here. Mark 12, verse 41 through 44. It says this of the New Living Translation. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as crowns dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Uh, then a, a poor widow came and dropped in two, uh, two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and asked, rather, and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions, for they give a tiny part of their surplus. They give a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Here's the question. When was the last time? When was it? Think about it. When was the last time that your giving caused Jesus to take notice? When was the last time your giving caused Jesus to take notice? When was the last time when you gave, you took notice other than something that was average? Oh, we just could give this. Okay. I'll just do this. I'll just do this. When was the last time it really caused, when was the last time you think that it was, is it today? Last week, last month? When did your giving, when did your giving matter to you? I mean, you gave something that really mattered to you. Remember, if your giving moves you, I believe it's going to move God too. But if your giving does not move you, why would it move God? Welcome to church, everybody. Praise the Lord. Are you, are you hearing me? Let's talk for a moment, just really, really brief, briefly about the tithe. Let, let, me, let me kick over some sacred cows. Can we do that? Thank you so much. Tithing is not a measurement of faithfulness in your finances. Tithing is not a measurement of faithfulness in your finances. And listen, I'm glad that you guys are tithers. I'm glad. That's a great. I'm glad that you're tithers. Uh, but tithing is not the end. It's not the end all thing. I've heard people say, well, at least I paid my tithe. At least I've, I've done my thing. And, you know, they, in, in so many ways, uh, the modern church has worshipped at the altar of the holy tithe. Where do you go? I go to the Holy Tithe Church. I go to the Holy Tithe Church. For many in today's modern day church, here's the goal. For many, Tasha, here's the goal. Many in the church, 
I'm going to give my tithe and a little bit extra on top, then God will be happy. God will be pleased. I've given my tithe. I've given a little bit extra here and there. I've done it. What's the end? Tithing is the floor. That was an Old Testament standard. It was never meant to be worshipped uh, at the altar um, in the in modern day church. What, what is the goal? What is the goal? Our goal is to give like our father. Our goal is to give like the son, Jesus Christ. And how, do, how, did, how does the father give? How does the son give? What do they give? All. All. I'm so sick and tired of people saying, we don't, oh, we don't have your time. Oh, we should get time. You don't get time, you're going to hell. Oh, you don't get cursed. You don't get cursed. When that's not the point. Jesus, Jesus. Are you hearing? That's so, so many videos on should you tithe or shouldn't you tithe. It's not in the Bible. All this other crippity, crotchety, cleebly, boobly, boob. XX, all these words that you shouldn't hear a preacher say on Sunday. It's got nothing to do with it. Are you hearing? Some can give 20, some give a regular, regular offering of 20%, 50%, 90%. And trust God. In living off the rest, am I telling you to do that? Nope. But what I'm telling you is to hear from the Spirit of God. And don't let a 10%, yes, 10%, yes, we can start there. Yes, it's the floor. Yes, yes. But we ought to want to go on from kindergarten. We ought to want to grow past that. Are you hearing the goal is not, and we're stuck, and we're stuck in paying a little tenth and sprinkling on a little bit more and think, okay, Lord, I've been faithful. But the Lord looks at how you measure out of what you have. I'm telling you, the, the point of all of this is that God is searching for someone, searching for people that he can trust with true riches, true wealth. Are you hearing me? I'm not mad. Praise the Lord. Please consider this. I'm trying to help. Please consider this. Psalm 24. Go to Psalm 24. Let's look at this. Psalm 24. Psalm 24, verse number one. And please always remember this. Please always remember this. Bible says here, Psalm 24, verse number one out of the NIV. It says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Where they said, well, that was King James, but the earth is the Lord's and everything, everything in it, uh, the world and all who live in it, everything belongs to God. Everything already belongs to him. Do we get that? Yes. It's all his. If you want to know exactly how much you own, I don't know how you would do it other than somehow you're going to have to die. 
and then, I don't know, get in a time machine and go forward in time, I don't know, and look and see, and, and look in your coffin. That's what you own. Because everything else that you had has gone to somebody else. You want to see if they really owned it or not? Hmm, go to their grave. Look in the coffin. They don't own it. It's going to somebody else. And then look in that person. And it's going to somebody else. Somebody else. And then eventually you will see who owns everything. God owns everything. It is all his, and we're only here for a short period of time. We will all return to the Father. All of us will return to him. I pray we all go by rapture. Praise God. I'm ready now. Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. I'm ready now. Hallelujah. But if the Lord continues to tarry, and we're all going to go back to dust, back to dirt, and it will be said, you were born on this day and you died on this day. And the only thing we'll have in the middle, you know, there'll be that dash right there. What did you accomplish in that dash year? What did you, in those dash years, what did you leave behind? What did you do for God? It won't matter, oh, he bought a lot of cars. Well, he bought a lot of houses. Well, he made a lot of money. Well, she this and well, she that. Who did you help? What difference did you make while you were here? Does that make sense? So I pray you, I pray you get some nice stuff. Oh, get some nice stuff, child. Oh, yeah, baby, get some nice stuff. But don't let your life consist of stuff. When there is so much more, we will all have to give an account to the Lord. Just like this servant, we will all have to give an account of what we have done with the finances that, we, that he's push, put in our hands, with the time he's given us, with our energy, with our talent. All those things we'll have to give an account. Are you hearing? So I pray today, maybe, maybe, this, is a, maybe this is a wake-up call. Let's go to 1 Timothy 7, or 1 Timothy 6. As we begin to close right now, praise God. Are you still with me today? This is one of those this is one of those points one of those points stand where I I say well maybe maybe I've done enough maybe I should stop right here and just close it out right here This is one of those points Gwen it really is Gwen says no <laughs> Just like you blame Stan earlier <laughs> Let's go to 1 Timothy 1 Timothy 6, look at this, and always remember, always remember this, always remember this. 1 Timothy 6, verse number 7, it says, help me read that verse, ready? Let's read that. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Truth. Truth. We can get so wrapped up in stuff. So wrapped up, I get this and get this. I want to make myself happy. And this and that and this and that and me and me and me and me and me. I'm telling you, that is a good song, isn't it? Me, me, me. That we don't, that we miss it. Should I tithe? Should I not tithe? Should I go to church? Should I not church? Should I read? Should I read? I mean, come on, give me a break. 
He's missing it all together. Oh, I got, I got some healing this week. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, verse, verse 8, I love this. It says, and having food and raiment, let us therewith, uh, rather, let us be therewith content. There's nothing wrong with having some nice things. Go have your nice things. Nothing wrong with that. But please don't forget to stay balanced and to stay focused. Verse 9 says, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many um, foolish and hurtful lusts, which drawn men in destruction and perdition for the help me for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It's there. It's there. So I believe with all my heart you're going to be wealthy. Those of you that are really hearing right now, I believe. I believe you're going to be wealthy. I believe it. But remember the purpose for the wealth. All this other stuff. This country, this world is mad with stuff. There's nothing wrong. Have, have a new car. Have a new house. I wouldn't mind some, you know, some remodeling in my house. Praise the Lord. <laughs> some things that will make you comfortable. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong wanting central heat and air. Nothing wrong with that. If it's possible where you live, there's nothing wrong with that. But don't let that be your focus. Are you hearing? Let's keep in mind once again, Luke 16, verse 11. Let's go back there. Luke 16, verse 11, as we close, keep this in focus that the reason the Lord is giving you the wealth, the reason that he is looking over you, the reason that he is, reason that he is monitoring you. Here again, Luke 16, verse 11 says, If therefore you have not been faithful, if therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon with the wealth, with the riches that God gives to you, and don't mistake it. You say, well, all I live in is a one-room one house, and I got, a, um, I got an air conditioning in the window. That's all I have. Don't you know, compared to a worldview, you are filthy rich. To those who live in huts with, with um, dirt floors that earn an average salary of $2 a day, don't you know you are filthy rich? So if you take a God view, not a, not a social media view, you take a God view as God looks upon the planet, you are extremely rich. And what are you doing with what you have? Are you hearing? So here it is. He says, if therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will, who will commit to your trust the true riches? I'm telling you, God is looking for someone that he can commit. He wants to trust you with the true riches. Let me give you, let me give you just a few examples of what those true riches are. Number one, in Romans, Romans 2, 4, the Bible, says, the Bible talks about the riches of kindness, tolerance, and patience. 
Romans 9, 23, the Bible talks about riches of glory, riches of glory. In uh, Romans eleven thirty three, it talks about wisdom and, and knowledge, the riches of wisdom and knowledge. In Ephesians 1, verse 7, Ephesians 1, verse 7 talks about riches of God's grace. Ephesians 3, 8 talks about the riches of Christ, the riches of Christ. But let me tell you, all of this boils down to really a few things. God wants to give you all of himself. Can I say that to you? God wants to give you all of himself. Can your cup handle all of God? All of his love, all of his joy, all, all of what God is. He wants to pour out into you all of what he is, all of who he is. He wants to pour out in you. That's true riches. And to be able to know God truly, know him. How much money can you pay for that? And to know that God loves you and has favored you. How much can you pay for that? And to know that you have fulfilled your assignment, you have become all, and you've done all that he wants you to do. How much can you pay for that? That's true wealth. Now with that comes the power of God, signs, wonders, miracles, favor, um, favor with God and, and favor with man. All of that comes into play. But what does all that matter without him? Let's fix our attention on him. And one way that God measures to see who will handle true riches, one way we know by scripture is how you handle your money. How you measure out of what you have. And again, it's not the big thing. I'm thankful that many of you are tithers. That's great. Awesome, 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 awesome. But let's not stop there. Instead of asking God, and now here's a big statement. Are you ready for this big statement? And I think I'm going to have to close with this statement. Believe me. Somebody got the car warmed up. <laughs> got it running, Scott. You got it running out there. You got it running. <laughs> Scott got me covered, everybody. Online community and those that are watching later, after I've made this statement... If you don't hear from me again, you know what happened. <laughs> the question we should ask when we have received money, when we have earned money, when money has come into our hands, the question that we should ask when we think about God is not, Lord, how much should I give? But the question is, how much dare I keep? How much do you want me to keep for spending? I got to buy this and that. I got to pay this and pay that. How much you want me to keep for saving? How much you want, want me to keep for investing? So it's, it's not, I'm telling you, it's not, well, how much you need, God? How much you want? What? No, it's 
How much should I keep? How much dare I keep? What do you want me to do with this? Because as the Lord cited to one man, he said, so you you have done well. You have you you've you've got lots of crops in. You're going to you built bigger barns. God said uh, tonight your soul is required of you. None of us can say that tomorrow we will live. None of us can say that of a surety. That tomorrow we will be alive. I cannot say of a surety that I'll be here next Sunday to preach this message. This could be my last. We don't like to think like that, Richard. I know we don't like to think that way. We don't like to think that way. But the fact of the matter is, how are you handling today? How are you handling now? Let me give you five action plans and then five things I want to leave with you. All right. So that went over well online community, so we're fine. So I'm going to give them this five things. <laughs> One, you have to decide how much of your life you're going to give to God. You're going to have to decide how much of your life you're going to give to God. Then express that through your life. How much of you are you willing for God to have? You got to decide that. Secondly, let 10% be your starting point, not your ending point, not your goal. Are you hearing our goal is all. God, my goal is all. Goal is all. I would love the 90. I would love the 80. I would love that. Praise God. We're paying up debt so we can give more, so we can be more generous, so God can use us not only here, but all around the world. Because in just a little while, we're gone. You understand that, right? Number three, don't worship the time. Ask Holy Spirit how much you should keep for saving, spending, and investing. And number four, always endeavor to be at peace in your giving. Always endeavor to be at peace in your giving. And five, set your affections or your desires on the true riches. Everything else will follow. Everything else good will follow as you continue to follow after Christ. My friends, I love you so much. I love you so much. And it is my heart that we all inherit true riches from God. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're done in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. In there, you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.